0: It's September 22nd, 2021. Welcome to the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe right here on Hawaii Public Radio, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we'll have Takaho uh, Iwasaki from Island Innovation, and uh, she is here to tell us about an upcoming Island Innovation Demo Day coming up in uh, November. And of course, uh, then we'll be joined by Doug Murdoch, he's the state CIO, and Paul Meyer. CEO of the Commons Project, and uh, they're here to tell us about the new Smart Health Card. First up, though, <clears throat> I I would like to let you know that programs like Bite Marks Cafe are made possible through the generous support of our members who provide over half of the HBR operating funds. HBR's fall membership campaign starts on Wednesday, September 29th, which is next Wednesday, And, of course, help us continue bringing you the quality program you rely on. Visit hawaiipublicradio.org and become a new sustaining member at $10 a month. Or if you've already given before, you can consider an additional gift. And, of course, thanks. Now, I want to welcome Takaho uh, Iwasaki, who's here to tell us about the upcoming Island Innovation Demo Day. Hey, Takaho, welcome to uh, Bite Marsh Cafe. Thank
1: you for inviting us. Invited
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> and Takaho. So, uh Island Innovation, you know, you've been doing this for like, what, four or five years now? Four years?
1: Oh, actually, this is 30 years. Huh? What? Yeah, the first one. Yeah, actually, the first one was just in 2019. Yeah, I feel oh, like three years. forever, too. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> yeah, I remember, yeah,
0: the uh, Island Innovation, I guess, what, 2019 was uh, at the East-West Center, right? Yes, that's right. And then... uh of course, when the pandemic hit, uh, it, it went virtual, and yes. and you did one last year, and then this is the the third one, <clears throat> and, and and explain to us what is Island Innovation all about?
1: Yes, yeah, so the Island Innovation Demo Day is a one-day event, a pitch event uh, to bring together entrepreneurs, investors, and their corporate partners from both Japan and Hawaii. So this is an opportunity for Hawaii startups or Hawaii-related startups to pitch their idea to Japanese investors or introducing their business to the Japanese market.
0: And you, um, let's see, in 2019, I mean, there were some pretty uh, cool success stories, right? I mean, uh, um, in 2020, though, you didn't have any startups, right, pitching?
1: Uh, actually, we had a startup to pitch, but then since we had to switch to the virtual in the last minute, uh, we had a Uh, some alumni from 2019 so we didn't have any election uh, for the startup to pitch but this year uh, it's going to be virtual again but we're going to have a whole of audition election uh, for startups, and then that's why i'm here today
0: (laughs) so tell me uh give me give me one of the one or two companies that came out of 2019
1: uh, 2019, uh, we had pretty variety of startups. Uh, we had a Shaka Guide, mm-hmm. which is Shaka a tourism guide. app, and right. also we had a Polo Energy, uh, which is a clean energy uh, solution startup from University of Hawaii.
0: And so, in uh, this upcoming event, and the reason why we're talking about something that's happening in November is that the application deadline is coming up pretty quick. Uh, what kind of yes. companies are you looking for?
1: Yes. This here we are focusing on ESG theme, which is environmental social uh, governance uh, startups, uh, whoever has uh, any solution for those programs. Um, so, uh, for example, we're looking for the startup to have a renewable energy solution, uh, food sustainability solution, or it could be the environmental uh, monitoring or controlling. And then, um, uh, one, one category that I kind of came up this year is the woman empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, especially helping the woman to be entrepreneur uh, or starting startups or um, make something to start up to makes the woman's life easier. Or it could be the woman entrepreneur who made this company for the woman. That, that kind of uh, startup we're looking for
0: and and really the you know the goal of of your event is to introduce some of the the local startups here in Hawaii to uh, Jap- Japanese investors, but also possibly opening the market up in Japan for these companies as well right
1: yes uh, actually the first first year um uh, some of the startups in, uh, they had uh, some partner in Japan mm-hmm. to uh, make uh, the technology more mature and to do more product market analysis in Japanese market. So it could be more opportunity for them to find a good partners in Japan too.
0: And so how, uh, tell us again who are some of the, the, the judges and, and, and people that are going to be uh, reviewing these uh, pitches?
1: Yes, yeah, so we have a great six judges. Uh, and then this uh, this year, the new judges that we um, actually talking was uh, uh, his name is Nick Sugimoto. Uh, Sugimoto. He's uh, from uh, CEO of Honda Innovation, uh, located in the Bay Area. Also, we have Risa uh, Ishii from Plug pra- and Play Tech Center. Uh, so actually, the, all of those judges are pretty uh, good. Have a good, very knowledge about the Japanese market. Um, also, the both American and Japanese startups.
0: Great, great. So, uh, the uh, application deadline is coming up, right, uh, in October. I guess what, October 8th?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, uh, the application deadline is coming up October 8th. Uh, so, if you're a startup and if you're listening to this radio right now, please apply.
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, where can where can people go to actually go through the application?
1: Uh, it's actually islando com, or you can just Google Island Innovation Demo Day.
0: Got it. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. Mahalo, Takaho, for joining us.
1: Yeah, Thank you so much.
0: All right. And we'll uh, take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Doug Murdoch, State Chief Information Officer, and Paul Meyer, the CEO of Commons Project. And we'll talk about the development and rollout of the Smart Health Card. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor Anchor Systems Hawaii. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe on Hawaii Public Radio. I'm happy to welcome Doug Murdoch, he's the state chief information officer, and Paul Meyer. He's the uh, CEO of the Commons Project, and they're here to talk about the recent rollout of the Smart Health Card. And I want to welcome you both to uh, Bike Marks Cafe. Hello, Hubert. Thanks, Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining me. Hey, so um, Doug, maybe give us a little background. I know that you've uh, been heavily involved with the development of uh, smart. Um, I mean, uh, safe travels, safe travels, and uh the the whole site uh, travels.hawaii.gov uh and maybe give us a little uh timeline i guess on on how did uh you get into the smart health pass uh development side of things so take us take us on a a little uh a timetable trip here
2: okay well Uh, Governor came to us in July of 2020 and asked us to come up with an application to track travelers as they come into Hawaii Mm -hmm. during the COVID crisis. So we started working with uh, we talked to a lot of different vendors. We created a design and we knew it was something that had to be, uh, you know, up all around the world, 24 seven availability and able to grow really fast and, and include a lot of people because Hawaii has a lot of visitors During the busy time so we started looking at cloud vendors and uh, eventually selected Google and their partner spring ml to help us develop the application so we worked out the design and they started building right away and uh, it's coming up on its first anniversary which will be October 15th so far we've had 7.2 million trips to Hawaii that were logged into safe travels always throughout the process you know since October 15th of a year ago We've been looking for ways to validate negative PCR tests and and vaccinations once that started to happen, you know, so that we could know that there wasn't any fraud in the process. So, it's always been our goal to be able to validate with medical records and uh, our work with, you know, our re- research indicated that there were a few companies that gave us the best opportunity to to have that fraud-proof validation and. You know, uh, Commons Project and the Vaccine Credential Initiative looked incredibly promising, so we started working with them and incorporated them into Safe Travels with the Common Pass process, and and, and then eventually incorporated the Smart Health Cards at the governor's request.
0: That's a that's a great uh, opportunity to kind of uh, uh, give uh, Paul a chance to tell us. You know, what does uh, uh, the Commons Project do, and and how did you get into this sort of validation business?
3: Well, the Commons Project started about three years ago um, out of the Rockefeller Foundation. We sort of basically started it because we thought there were you know, digital services or the uh, technologies this is an incredibly transforming enforcement society, but usually brought in the world by like big tech companies and startups. And we we thought that there was a need to create a different model, a kind of a nonprofit to be able to build and operate digital services for public good. And and that's why we you know, we started the Commons Project before the pandemic. We had built and, and launched a platform called common health um which is a sort of android based platform for people to collect store and, and share their health data um on their phone um and um and then when the pandemic happened we realized oh wait there was a whole new reason why people were going to need to get their health data um and be able to share it and so we launched common path um and as, as doug mentioned we've been i guess sorry that you know six eight months or longer that we've uh Travelers use common Pass to pull their first their their test results and, and then their vaccination records um, uh, into common Pass to be able to demonstrate their health status for for the purpose of travel to hawaii among other places and then you know we we then realized that there was a need to uh, create a new way to basically um, allow for the sort of secure uh, trusted exchange of, um, of of vaccination records vaccine credential initiative with with partners like uh, Microsoft and Apple and Mayo Clinic and others and and created the standard called Smart Health Cards, which is a way of basically digitally um, uh, presenting and wrapping uh, a piece of health information like a vaccination record um, and making it available to people. And and we're delighted that uh, the state of Hawaii uh, adopted adopted that standard, um, as of now uh, many other states and, and countries
0: around the world. No, that's great. That's great. So Doug, tell us a little bit about what, you know, the uh the the database on the back end of of this because, you know, for all of us that have taken the uh vaccine, I mean, there's a card that we all got and the there's a database obviously, you know, in the back back uh office somewhere. In terms of um you know, the the actual database resource how is that how is that stored and how is that validated in this process
2: okay yeah there's a federal database called vams that's run by the cdc and the state of hawaii puts together all its data and then uploads it to vams you know it collects it from all the hospitals that give vaccinations and all the clinics and um so there is a a state of Hawaii version of VAMS that just has our data mm-hmm. and what we do in what we do in, in Safe Travels is we look in that VAMS extract for a state of Hawaii vaccinations and we validate to make sure that the person shows up as a registered uh, vaccinated person. Um, it does mean that we can't validate uh, Department of Defense uh, vaccinated people or veterans administrative vaccinated people. But we're working on solutions for that as well. Hopefully we'll figure that out at some point. But anybody who is vaccinated in Hawaii that shows up in the Hawaii extract of VAMS, we can issue a smart health card. And so far we've issued 216,000.
0: Wow, that's pretty good. That's a good number. Now, you mentioned the DOD. And, and the reason why is because uh, their data is, is stored uh, somewhere else. And it's not easily, like, uh, uh, exported?
2: They report directly into VAMS and not through the state of Hawaii.
0: Got it. uh,
2: We don't get an extract of their data.
0: Yeah, it was interesting because, you know, at the time that the uh, vaccines were being made available, you know, it just happens that my wife was on base and uh, she got an opportunity to get the vaccine on base. And so when this uh, smart health card came out, and they made it um obviously you know quite clear that uh anybody that's got the vaccine from um on base you wouldn't be able to get the uh, smart health health card uh verification.
2: Yeah, we're going to continue to work on that and see if we can figure it out, but um right now we haven't been able to crack that nut.
0: Yeah. Well, so in terms of, you know, the the um going through the process of of getting your card and and validating it in the system uh i i went through the exercise and and it was pretty straightforward i mean you know you have your your card you take a picture of it uh you add whatever uh associated information like your name and and birthday just to verify that it, that is in fact you, you uh and then and then you basically generate a, a qr code so can you um Either, I guess, Doug, maybe you can explain what's taking place in that process.
2: Well, we take the information from the database that we need for the smart health card, and we basically load it onto that QR code. So the QR code has the data. And then we generate a page within Safe Travels that is kind of a minimal safe or smart health card. So you can actually show the page from Safe Travels, and most of the time restaurants and other venues will accept that in lieu of the full smart health card. But uh, as an alternative, the venue can use a smart health card verifier app and read the QR code, and then they see a little more information presented there for them. But it's so great because somebody, you know, California, for example, issues smart health cards. So somebody from California who's here in Hawaii could show their smart health card, and it could be read by a venue. And somebody from Hawaii who's in California could show a smart health card, and it it would be, you know, get them admission into the whatever venue they're trying to get into. So this sort of universal acceptance is what we're after, so that people can travel and, you know, not have to worry about whether their credentials would be recognized.
0: And and And, uh, and
2: today I actually I wanted to mention today I actually uploaded. On iOS 15 for iPhones, they just added a feature that lets you download your smart health card into the uh, the health app, the Apple Health app. And there's also an app for Android called Common Health, and Samsung has one called Samsung Pay. And all of those will let you download your smart health card and keep it on your phone that way.
0: Yeah, you know, let's talk a little bit about that because, uh, I guess, prior to iOS 15, I mean, uh travels.hawaii.gov would generate you know the QR code but you'd have to access it just through the uh the website right and there was no yeah. card to to download and so now you're saying that uh with what iOS 15 you could actually download a, the card
2: right i had uh smart i had uh travel.hawaii.gov open and in my account and i could see my QR code for the my smart health card and i just used my iphone to take a picture or a scan of that qr code and it automatically added all the data into my iphone health data
0: now uh um <clears throat> paul in terms of uh you know what you do with uh, the 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 sort of the trusted exchange the initiative that that you folks started uh was this a kind of a standard that was adopted across a number of different platforms? I mean, what was the initiative all about?
3: Yeah, the Smart Health card really was a standard development effort, right? There, there's a standard structure of format for health data called FHIR, HL7 FHIR. Um, and it's basically kind of a, a standard way of, of encoding all sorts of health data, right? Not just vaccination records, but mm-hmm. all sort of standard health data sites. What we did, the work health cards. we said, well, actually, there's what you need with vaccination records, which which didn't exist historically with, with the health data standards, was the ability to basically um, ensure that health data wasn't tampered with and create some providence for the health data. And so the smart health card is a standard that, again, lets you take a, a, a formatted piece of health data and put it like in a secure envelope um, that can't be tampered with. And, and, that's, and so that was really the, the standard that we developed, and, and, that's, and it's gotten you know, picked up very broadly. Um, many states have now adopted the standard with many more on the way. All of the big national pharmacy chains like Walmart and CVS and Walgreens and Rite Aid are now issuing smart health cards. Um, the, pretty much uh, most of the big hospital systems that use platforms like Epic and Cerner, the big you know, electronic health record platforms, they have adopted smart health cards, um, and then you know other countries are as well. Um, uh, it began with some of the Canadian provinces first Quebec, uh, and Ontario, and British Columbia, and within a couple of weeks, basically all the Canadian provinces will be issuing smart health cards. Um, in countries from Rwanda to North Macedonia, and actually as of uh, yesterday, the government government of Japan has just adopted smart health cards um, for uh, their domestic uh for, a, for a vaccine vaccine records um, so it's Doug's point not only uh, if you're you know in Hawaii and you go to Hawaii, go to California um, uh, you'll be able to have your smart health card scan but uh, with with Japan adopting it the same will be true for you know travel to and from japan
0: you know this is uh this is fascinating and, and it sounds like we're just entering into this uh, new frontier I, I do want to get into a little bit more about you know, what kind of uh, uh, data does this, does this all capture besides just a vac- you know, vaccine card. We'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Doug Murdoch, state CIO, and Paul Meyer, CEO of the Commons Project. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bike Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributor PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training. Welcome back. This is Bike Marks Cafe on HPR One, and I'm Bert Long. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Doug Murdoch, State CIO, and Paul Meyer, CEO of the Commons Project, and we're talking about the development and the rollout of the smart health card and right before the break, uh, Paul was explaining the kind of the, the initiative, the standard, the uh, ability to uh, take uh, health data and, and put it in a kind of a secure um, QR code and and be able to transmit that and, and have it uh, uh, read by you know the um, uh, Commons project uh, uh, application and and Paul you know this sounds like a a whole new frontier i'm 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 not in the medical business so you know this is sort of all new to me and and having the uh, chance to use the uh application for you know the uh the uh, vaccine card uh it's captured the information that's that's on the card but you're you're saying that this is there's a lot more there the capability of this this application is a lot more in terms of the information that's uh available, right? And, and it all depends on what the medical institution or, or whoever, you know, is, is creating the database wants to encode uh, in this system. Is that correct?
3: That's exactly right. And, and, and you know, one of the reasons I think where we and, and others are really excited about it, right? Obviously, right now, there's real urgency around COVID vaccines, right. all, you know, because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um but, you know, one of the things that we think is exciting about Smart Health Cards as, a, as an open standard is that it's extensible to other things, right? So, for example, California is working on using it to also make routine immunization records available in this format, right? I mean, you know, before COVID, uh, you know, one of, the, one of the real reasons people wanted access to get their health data or their, or their kids' health data was to get their kids' immunization records Needed needed access to health data, so you know California is working on, on um, using the same standard for for non COVID vaccination records, but there are also all, all sorts of other um, potential uses, right? I mean, think about even something like a prescription, right? Yeah, a, a digital prescription that you do, you you want to be sure hasn't been tampered with, and it was a prescription for you know from this doctor. that, you know, that hasn't been tampered with, and it's sort of a, a legitimate piece of health data. So there are all sorts of interesting um, future possibilities for for this smart health card standard uh, beyond uh, beyond COVID, which is obviously everyone's urgent focus
0: right now. So, so Paul, you know, in terms of the, the, the QR code that gets generated, I mean, there's—can you get a—give me a sense of how much data is actually stored there? Because— the QR code in and of itself looked a lot more complex than a typical you know, URL type of QR code.
3: Well, yeah. So one of the things, I mean, the actual QR code does contain the data. So, for example, in the vaccination scenario, you know, what dose, you know, what, which vaccine was it, you know, when was it issued, who issued it, and basically it's been signed by what we call the issuer. So In in the state of Hawaii's case, it's the state of Hawaii basically signing and effectively certifying the information that's encoded in that QR code. But, you know, if you got vaccinated at at CVS, it might be CVS signing it Mm -hmm. or um, the Mayo Clinic signing it. So what's in that package of information, that QR code, is identifying information about the person, the actual health information information, the doses the you know the lot numbers, and then the signature of the entity that is basically certifying that information encoded in the qr code
0: now doug, you know in terms of uh, uh possible um scenarios where somebody is going to a restaurant and they need to either produce the uh the q r code versus a photo of the uh, of their vex vac- you know vaccination card. Uh, how, would you, how would you explain to somebody why one is better than the other? I mean, like, you know, if you, had, if you had taken a picture of your vaccine card, I mean, why don't you just show that to the restaurant and, you know, it's got all the information versus, uh, uh, you know, coming up with the QR code. So what would you how would you explain one versus the other and, and why is the QR code better? Yeah,
2: that's a really good question. I think it's important to make sure everybody understands that the Smart Health Card is not required to get into venues mm-hmm. or restaurants. Um, it's an option, and it really is convenience. You don't have to carry around a card, and you don't have to try and make it possible for somebody to look at your card on your phone. You know, this way they don't touch your phone. They use a scanner or they look at the the QR code that you have. Um, so it's just a little more convenient. It's uh, touch free. And uh I think it's it's really great now that you can add it to your iPhone health app or Common Health or Samsung Pay. You know, it's just gonna be very easy to flash the smart health card. And then the other thing is, you know, it does have sort of the universal acceptance at other places now, like in California, New York, Louisiana, and then other people are also issuing smart health cards. So I I just think it's going to become a common way that we share this kind of data. Uh, you know, when we're in a situation like this, a pandemic.
0: You, you but brought, again, it's not required. You brought up a good point. I mean, you know, when you show somebody the photo of your vaccine card, I mean, they probably need to take your phone and, and really look at it and maybe even to try to enlarge it so they can see, uh, you know, the name and all that kind of stuff. So this is what, you, what you're saying is that it's a, a contactless way of of actually transmitting that information.
2: Right. Yeah, that's one of the great values, I think, you know, used with the Verifier app.
0: Mm-hmm. And then the Verifier app basically tells you all the information that's on that uh, QR code, and they just read it on their own.
2: Right. And then they just also look at your I- ID, and then you're good to go.
0: So, uh, Doug, we only got, uh, you know, maybe 30 seconds left, but uh, uh, any future future uh, goals for, you know, this uh, technology? You know, we're just trying to help
2: everybody adopt it, even other states and other agencies and within Smart Safe Travel. So we're trying to spread the the gospel of of the Smart Health Card being a good idea for people to to adopt. And uh, we have more information at uh, travel.hawaii.gov and also at hawaiicovid19.com. So people can look up and there's a user guide and frequently asked questions. If they have any issues they need to resolve, they can also call the help desk.
0: Very good. Doug Murdoch is the state chief uh, chief information officer. And, of course, uh, Paul Meyer is the CEO of the Commons Project. And I want to thank them both for joining us today. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll kick off the fall membership campaign. And, of course, we'll also talk about the upcoming Digital Inclusion Week. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bytemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. You stay safe and you stay awesome. We'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.